This is Magic City Soccer. Es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica. This is Magic City Soccer. Este es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica de Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. Let's go, Miami FC. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer. Vamos, Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer, bitches. Este es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica de Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer. You're home for everything you need to know about soccer in Miami-Dade County. Hello, soccer fans in South Florida and the great beyond. Welcome to our show. So today, we've got the band back together again. It's no longer a segregated show. It's not the Drew or Matt show, and it's not the Drew and Omar show. It's actually the Drew, Matt, and Omar show. So our first co-host, Matthew Bunch, how you doing? I'm doing very well, Omar. First off, I like that we're speaking to the great beyond. We are officially transitioning to a... Uh, podcast a medium podcast where we will speak to your dead relatives but we'll get to that later including dead relatives arsenal fans drew hausman how are you doing <laughs> hey everybody uh i'd like to apologize for the podcast not being around last week uh i will say 100 percent, it's not my fault uh there's photographic evidence of matt becoming a professional grilled cheese eater and omar was betting on fifth division norwegian soccer so uh sorry guys or five fans have rioted but we're back it's only a gambling problem when you lose. Yeah, yeah. When you don't lose, when you don't lose, it's not a problem. It's kind of a solution. And it's only a grilled cheese problem when you die of a coronary. <laughs> you should have gone to Miss Cheesiest to get that grilled cheese, though, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> hey, I, I love Miss Cheesiest. I'm, I'm, I'm 100% down with Miss Cheesiest. I just wasn't in the... It's a little far north. It's a little bit of a trek. There's one yeah, in the Gables. Well, yeah, there's one in the Gables. Wait, there's one in the Gables? Where? Yeah, it's... uh. I think it's off, off the mile. Uh, Ponce. What? No? Okay, I gotta go. Good talking to you guys. Bye. Newsflash. Breaking news. <laughs> well, if Miss Cheesius wants to host a show and, and, I don't know, kick some lunches our way or some gift cards, that's fine. We could be Magic City Soccer presented by Miss Cheesius. That's for sure. So, since we don't really have anything too much to ramble on today before we get started, I think we should just go straight ahead into the New York Cosmos match of two weeks prior. Uh, since Miami FC decided to maybe take the week off or take the day off, we took the week off last week, and like Drew mentioned, we didn't really record. Uh, Miami FC doesn't lose a nail-biter. They just lost. Uh, Miami FC loses 2-0 to New York Cosmos. Um, Drew, you were at the game, so we're going to spin it to you. What was your take? Uh, from the first half, it looked pretty good. It seemed to be kind of back-and-forth possession. Um, you know, from the brigade end, we had a couple of good opportunities uh, from who I thought was the man of the match, Mr. Vincenzo Ranella. Had a, uh, <laughs> he had a nice cross at one point to uh, Resende, who I believe got saved by Maurer. And then there was another chance uh, with Stefano uh, where it went off the post. So it's not like we weren't taking shots, uh, but... In the end, uh, the second half, we crumpled a little, um, you know, letting letting up a goal. And then the icing on the cake was, you know, stoppage time, uh, letting Restrepo call a red card his way. Um, I mean, it, it seemed to be a good game. It was competitive throughout, so it, it's not like we got slaughtered. I still no, have hope. I- yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a slaughtering. I think both first halves, uh, if I'm mentioning the game before that took place in Brooklyn, um, they were similar. There wasn't a lot of action. There were some chances traded back and forth, just like we saw in New York the week prior. But at the same time, um, again, nobody could capitalize on their chances. And the game was kind of wide open in the first half. Um, Matt, what were your thoughts? Did you find the first half to be similar or not really? 
Uh, yeah, I thought um, this was a game that the scoreline did not accurately reflect um, what happened. And it, that's not to say that the Cosmos didn't deserve to win, um, but that was a hell of a lot closer than 2-0, um, especially considering the second goal was basically a tack on at the end in desperation time. But, yeah, you could, you could again, you could see something I said from the first game against North Carolina. You could see intent. You could see what this team was trying to do. You could see what it was trying to build on offensively. And there were multiple opportunities where you're an inch away, literally an inch away, and you just can't tuck it in. And and I don't even want to blame, like, oh, we need to be more clinical in our finishing. Or I, I just think sometimes, you, you know, you roll snake eyes. You catch the bad break. And... Um, and the Cosmos didn't, and, and and their goal wasn't a fluke. Their first goal wasn't a fluke. Uh, Jimmy Maurer had a hell of a game. If Ranella was the man of the match for Miami FC, as Drew states, then Maurer was the man of the match for the Cosmos. I don't care about the goal scorers because he was remarkable, and, and, and he's an institution there, and for good reason. Um, if you're going to beat him, you know, we, we, we beat him in Brooklyn um, the week before, <laughs> If you're going to beat them twice in a row, you're going to have to put up something special. And, and and the Miami FC had something special, but it just wasn't quite special enough. Yeah, it wasn't quite special enough. And what you saw was Miami FC got eight shots on goal, right? And, and those eight shots do not even include the ones that hit the post because throughout the game, Miami FC hit the post at least in the first half alone, two or three different times. Yes. Um, so Miami FC was knocking on doorstep at the time. Jimmy Marr made eight saves. Jimmy Marr might be the best goalie in New York City, to be quite honest. <laughs> like If we're going to look at the Red Bulls goalie and we're going to look at New York City FC's goalie, he may be the best goalie in New York City, and he's playing for the Cosmos. Um, you know, If anybody else had lined up in between the pipes for the Cosmos, this game should have been a little bit differently, and, and, and I'm sorry, should have ended a little bit differently, and I still think it would have ended differently. But again, I, one of the bigger things that I noticed throughout the game was Miami FC was there. They were fighting on the doorstep. Either the crosses were just a little too high, they were just a little too long, or when they were able to convert across, the ball smacked the goalpost and didn't go in. Miami FC was the unlucky team in this game. Um, this was a game also that seemed to have what's the word I'm looking for? It seemed to have, I want to say altercations, but you can tell that there were tempers flaring. And I wonder how much of that really stems from playing the same team back to back. Yeah, I definitely think I'll jump in on this. Just be really quick. I definitely think that contributes because, uh, you know, the, the issues don't get to kind of settle down. They don't get to settle in. They, they just stay on the surface and you know, you're playing that team next week and you get a chance at redemption. Um, I, I definitely thought that game was pretty chippy, uh, and I think that was largely due to the fact that Miami FC really had an eye out to knock the Cosmos really far down. The Cosmos weren't going to take it, and they responded appropriately for them. They got knocked down, they got up again, but you could never keep them down. No, absolutely not. And and on our <laughs> speaking on our behalf, I know I believe we had a whiskey drink. And a vodka drink and a vodka drink and a cider <laughs> drink. So, yeah, it's, it's the prophecy fulfilled. So, uh, we're, everybody's playing FIFA 19. What is it? FIFA World Cup 1998 all over again. Chumbo removed from Chumbo but Blur 2 we were, coming we up next only, on Magic City Soccer. We were probably not through puberty, the three of us, 
and yet we're referencing Chumbawamba. Fantastic. <laughs> um, 9,515 people showed up for this game. Again, these are tickets entered, not tickets sold. 9,500 people in attendance. Um, but by far and large, one of the bigger attendances or the biggest attendance in Division Two. NASL, I should say, because I don't have the USL graphic up, so I don't want to put my foot in my mouth. But Miami FC's first home opener, again, 9,515. Uh, if you look around the league, everybody else seems to be averaging in the four or five thousands. Um, 9,500, is that something we should expect moving forward, or is that something you think is just a one-off from the home opener? I think it's a one-off from the home opener. Um, I think the, the, the team that keeps the most consistent attendance is probably uh, Indy 11. I think their home opener had like 1,100 um, eleven hundred, eleven thousand, eleven thousand. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> I was talking Delta's numbers. So I got confused. Oops, <laughs> shots fired. Bang. Um, yes. No, you know, you know. Obviously, kind of the the glitz and glam of the home opener will go down, but um, the advantage we have going into this weekend will be that the fair is not there, so uh, kind of the sanity of that area is restored a little bit. Um, I'm I'm really hoping for maybe a seven thousand number or eight thousand number to keep the attendance this high. Matt, what do you think? Do you think 9,500 is a number that the front office and Miami FC should keep shooting for? Or is that just kind of an unrealistic, you know, too high of an expectation? Considering what we had been told or led to believe about the kind of changes in ticketing this season compared to last season, um, I came into that game expecting six to 7,000. Anything over 7,000 was going to be a win for me. And the fact that they got 9-5 I think is pretty eye-popping. If if they can keep that up, um, I will be gobsmacked. It, it, it will be astonishing. Um, I, I don't think that's realistic to expect. But having had this old expectation of 7,000 and having it lifted up, I think now you can maybe expect between five and 7,000 per game, which will keep you in the upper half of the league. Uh, and and I think that's a win, honestly. Uh, and, and credit to the team again. I I feel like I've said that a lot in the last uh, few podcasts. Considering I was kind of harsh in the maybe the first ten podcasts. Um, teams advertising, teams getting out in the community. They are reaching out to people. They, I mean, we've we've been in the day brigade chat. We've just been flooding the chat with like, oh, here's an ad for Miami FC on this website. Here's an ad for Miami FC on right. Spotify. Here's an ad for Miami FC on. I mean, they're trying. They're they're flooding the paint and trying to get people's attention. And and with the Venezuelan night coming up, I, I think that could be a real a draw. And, and if they keep continue to draw people, all the better. All the better. Hold your horses. We're, we're getting to Venezuelan night yes. here. We're, get, we're getting there in just a second. Yes. Um, so <laughs> shout outs and, and, and super big thank you to at Fat7Deuce uh, on Twitter who puts together every week a USL NESL, kind of an all-encompassing Division Two attendance tracker. I, I know that. Matt, you and I, yeah, Matt, you and I, kind of, uh, you know, you can pull this off of Reddit's NESL soccer um, thread, or I guess subsection, um, and and take a look at it for yourself if you're ever interested. Um, but again, the credit goes out to at Fat Seven Deuce on Twitter. Sacramento Republic, their home opener, uh, again, their USL side uh, had eleven thousand five hundred. As we talked about in previous podcast, you know. That's a place where I thought NASL could grow. I, I wasn't aware that USL was in Sacramento uh, before I mentioned that. Um, but again, 11.5 is a huge number. Um, and again, Miami FC's home opener, 9,500. Indy 11's home opener, 9,100. Um, so they, they're really keeping the pace. I don't think, on average, 
uh, we're going to see the USL beat uh, NASL, but there's one key characteristic that people must keep in mind in the fact that MLS own teams. Oh, God. Teams that, <laughs> MLS two teams, they're absolutely bogging down the numbers for USL. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the USL average attendance so far this season through the first three weeks is 3,800. The difference between the average attendance between independents and MLS-owned teams is 4,000 fans. So your average attendance is actually the difference in between your average attendance for independents, meaning privately owned USL teams and MLS-2 teams. The NASL average is at 5,300. So you know what? To be quite honest... These two sets of factors, if we just look at, you know, USL versus NASL, they're even money right now. And that's also including the fact that, you know, NASL has to carry uh, semi-poor attendance from uh, Puerto Rico, and they have to carry semi-poor attendance so far from San Francisco. Yeah, I think that's definitely, and again, looking at those charts that that, um, that are uh, released by uh, Mike Pendleton, uh, like you said, at P-H-A-T, number seven, D-E-U-C-E. Um, it's a really useful metric uh, because, he, like you say, he does break it down compared to independence versus um, MLS-owned. And when you, like you said, when you look at that number, it's, it's, it's kind of on par. And I think that's going to be a big thing for the NASL and the USL to keep an eye on. As we're kind of ramping up into this two-year period of which one's going to get second division status, um, that average attendance number is going to be a big deal, and USL is going to be clamoring to use the independent number, and NASL is going to want to use the whole average. And I mean, honestly, I think we can we can look at this and recognize that yeah, there's a difference, and and, and it's important to understand. But if we're going to compare leagues, you take the good and you take the bad, and. Um, yeah, I think that going forward, it's going to be very important for Miami FC to stick near the top of that list because it's unlikely that San Francisco or Puerto Rico are going to do a whole lot. Uh, I'm sorry, San Francisco or Edmonton or Puerto Rico are going to do a whole lot in terms of rapid growth. Drew, before before I get you in on this, um, I have a question I guess to pose to you since you seem to be the lower league wizard here, uh, at least with regards to North American soccer. Do you see a situation where USL privately owned teams might see that NASL is on stable footing after maybe possible future expansion teams get announced, that they switch allegiances and they come into NASL if there's a, I guess, a, a lower entry fee for them? Because a lot of these independent teams, as you know, as we've said before, they're averaging a decent amount in terms of, um, in terms of attendance and they may not want to go back to be Division Three status if that ends up being the end game. Would you see any of these privately owned teams, you know, we're talking about the Louisville Cities, the Sacramento Republics, switching over to the NASL? Um, I, I, I don't see it happening, mainly just because the instability of the NASL this year. You know, if they, if they pull the switch and go to the NASL and then in two years the NASL collapse, you know, they're going to have to go back to the USL with, the, right. with their tail between their legs. Also, I just feel like everybody in the USL is kind of using the potential of them launching into MLS as a marketing tool. (laughs) Whether that's like a reality or not, anybody in the USL that's not an MLS-owned team can kind of start up this whole buzz with their fan base or use that as a marketing tool, you know. I feel like a lot of these teams just put in MLS bids and paid whatever it costs to like put together a fancy presentation, you know, just to sell tickets to their fans and... 
I got no problem with that. You know, if if that's what's going to take for people to come out saying, "Hey, in five years we may be an MLS team," and they show up, like go for it. You know, but um, I, I don't see anybody doing that that switch. It kind of, I hate to say it, but it's it could be a downgrade for them. Um, there was a couple articles coming out uh, this week about a potential uh, third division being a USL B League, which I thought was interesting. Um, and you know, every all the pro rel people jumped on it and was like pro rel, pro rel. <laughs> but you know, I think at that point you're just gonna have to stick all the uh, Orlando City Bees, Red Bull Bees into there. Um, right. But as I as I always say, that's the problem with the USL. You have all these independent teams, and probably one of the three worst attended teams won that league last year. So uh, they're they're gonna have to figure something out there. <laughs> yeah, I was actually, I'm actually looking at this sheet. And and there's one team that really pops out at me, and especially because they made an announcement earlier in the week. I'm looking at the numbers here, and I'm just kind of trying to see the data and see what sticks out. 350% increase in attendance in Phoenix. I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder why. I wonder if it has something to do with Diplo or, or now even possibly with, with Didier Drogba signing for Phoenix Rising. It's just absolutely insane to see that number. 350% increase in attendance. That is absolutely bonkers. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think we kind of gave North Carolina some stick for the whole rebrand thing, the idea of, like, changing your name and all that. But, I mean, there was that, that, that Phoenix kind of relaunch or whatever you want to call it with the ownership it has, there was definitely intent there, you know what I mean? And to get the ownership group that they have and to get to ply DD or Drogba away um, from MLS right. with the idea of being like, hey, we're going to be back in MLS soon. You want to come along for the ride? Uh, it's quite intriguing. There's a lot of – what's so interesting is there's so many exciting things going on in lower division soccer in the United States below MLS – uh, but at the same time, it's all like on this foundation of sand, like where you're like, oh, this could all collapse. Oh, <laughs> look at all these fun things. But it can all be gone tomorrow. Yeah, God knows what the hell's in, going right? on. <sighs> right? No, ab- absolutely. Uh, last week in NASL, basically only two matches: Miami FC, um, the Cosmos were off as well. Uh, who else was off? If I'm not mistaken, I know North, no, not North Carolina. Indy Eleven were off, and Puerto Rico were off. So you only had two matches: Jacksonville Armada and San Francisco Deltas in a game where I thought the over would hit. Haha. Nope. <laughs> zero zero. Nothing. And in the game where I thought the under would hit, North Carolina FC uh, pots in three goals, two in the first half uh, against FC Edmonton to keep FC Edmonton as the only team in the league without a win. Um, so that's pretty much your roundup with regards to week four of NASL. Not much action there. So let's go ahead and look ahead. And Drew, uh, we're playing North Carolina FC on Saturday. Um, again, we faced this team before once already in carry. Um, what are your thoughts going into this week? Um, I'm excited for this game. You know, North Carolina kind of was off to a shaky start. Um, and, uh, you know, they're they're kind of standing even with us in points right now. Now we get the uh, home field advantage on them. I think it'll be a good game. And as you were saying, kind of there was a rivalry with the Cosmos. I think of the whole uh, the red card incident with uh, uh, Gabriel Farfan, uh, that yeah. there's going to be some, uh, some interesting stuff happening in this game. <laughs> um, but also from last game, you know, we unfortunately have a bunch of yellow cards uh, you know, rolling over. So it's something that we're going to have to watch. 
Um, an interesting stat that the NASL tweeted, and I didn't realize this, is Miami FC has never lost to Carolina. Uh, we have, I think, three draws and one win against them, but we've Weird. never lost. So, yeah, I know. So we didn't lose all I, last year. Weird. I didn't think those stats were, spring. yeah, I didn't think those stats were possible after last year's spring season, but um, I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, who, who's not to like that one? Uh, Matt, what, what are you thinking about this week? Just early thoughts going into this game. Uh, yeah, I think it's, you know, you, you would hope for the reversal of the Cosmos situation where you, um, you know, you get the big win on the road against the Cosmos and then come home and kind of let off the gas. Although I hate to, I hate to say that because I don't, I don't think this was a game where they really let up, but you, you don't get the result you want. Um, so hopefully the, you know, the, the game in North Carolina, the game in Cary was kind of a, a half measure, you know, you got, you got the draw. And hopefully we come home this week and 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 really give it to them because um, I think I think you know you don't want to get in the care you don't want to get in the habit uh, you know one's a blip two's a habit and to get get two home games where you don't get a win would be problematic. I, yeah, I think it'd be a big problem. You don't want back-to-back losses. Drew, you were going to say something? I was just going to throw in also that, um, you know, I, I think I said this for the last game, but now even more so it'll be a factor that we're, we're still getting our roster back. You know, like last game we had Michelle on the bench, Barajo was on the bench, so we <coughs> – sorry, guys. Uh, we, we still don't have – What are you drinking? Uh, a diet Pepsi. Oh. I'm kidding. Uh, anyway, <laughs> 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 no, I'm saying we we still don't have the full roster that we saw in preseason. Uh, I hope I'm not putting too large an investment into that, but I think once you know everything is healthy and we have that roster, um, which should be this game, that you know I think the team is only going to get better. Well, here's an inter- interesting tidbit considering the fact that you just brought up the health of the roster. If I'm not mistaken, Nesta went on the record and was quoted saying that the bye week, well, again, this is Nessa's quote, the bye week came at a great time for us. We were carrying a few injuries, and now I think we are back at full strength. I know my team is ready to get back on the pitch and get three points. Obviously, every manager would say that their team is ready to get back on the field and get three points, but we've speculated now, uh, you know, since the preseason, what that back four would actually look like. So do you think that's an indication that we're going to see, you know, that backfield combination of, Michelle or Blake Smith, uh, Mason Trafford, Brett Bernstein in the middle, and then I really pick your right back, uh, Freeman or Furfan. Well, I think Brett Bernstein has to play because it's Venezuelan Heritage Night. <laughs> well done, sir. Well done. <laughs> oh, just, just, just let it sit there. Well yeah, done. I wanted more laughs uh, out of that. But. <laughs> <laughs> so terrible. Matt, do you think that that's the back four combination do you think these guys are finally healthy enough to 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 get the right four the four that you know we've been speculating about for so long i i sure as hell hope so because i'm tired of waiting you know i i know injuries no one's really at fault you know it's not like i'm mad about it but at the same time i i i you know i don't want this to be you know uh the example it's, it's come up recently because of the NBA playoffs, but Doc Rivers for years would go on about the fact that his starting five never lost a playoff series. His original starting five, um, you know, that they won that first championship and then they lost to the Lakers because Kendrick Perkins was injured, and then every year someone else was injured. And it's like, well, okay, well, you can say that your starting five never 
lost, but they were always injured. So that's a problem with you constructing that starting five. So I, I, I want to, you know, we're getting, we're nearly a month into the season now. I want to start seeing that back line settle again. I don't think we've done a terrible job defensively. No, not at all. I think, you know, men have been put into positions and they've stepped up tremendously. Um, but I would prefer not to have to put people in positions that they're not the most comfortable. I want to see this team at top kind of capacity and and i think we finally might have the opportunity to see that hopefully i mean i I don't think any of us had pegged at all even in the preseason that you know casira baggio is going to be logging heavy minutes and playing well even in that north carolina game and in the new york cosmos first game you know he held walter estrepo to nothing he held Walter Estrepo to absolutely nothing, gave him nothing. He shut down Shriver. He shut down Albal Dowie. He shut down, uh, you know, time and time again, Fondi. Even though Fondi did get a goal uh, early on, but that was more down the middle um, in that first North Carolina game. So, you know, Kassir playing on the left-hand side and doing an impeccably great job, almost telling and forcing Nesta to say, well, listen, you know, how do I get this guy off the field? He hasn't been a problem at all. Uh, in, in any of the games. And then Mike LaHood summing it, subbing in a right back and, and sharing an interesting story how, you know, he plucked, he uh, went ahead and uh, told Nesta, listen, I can play right back if you need me to. And Nesta finally giving him the call last podcast. You guys should have heard that conversation with Mike LaHood. If you haven't, make sure you go on our SoundCloud or our iTunes and, and you know, go to our previous episode and have that great conversation and go ahead and listen to it. Um, so it, it's been, you know, a ragtag. It's been you know, mixed pieces at the back four. And, and it's something that is the sun, what I feel to be the foundation of this team. Um, I think Miami FC wants to play out of the back, and I think they have every ability to do so. But I will say one thing. You're going to have to really make a statement, not only in training, but in any minutes you get during games to pull Casira at this moment and to pull the hood off the field at this point. Because it's going to be really damn hard to get your starting spot back considering how these two have played moving forward. And that's, you know, message sent to Barajo and message sent over to Michelle and over to um, Blake Smith because these guys aren't going to willingly give you your spot back. And, well, I was going to say they're they're not going to take LaHood off the field but just, you know, shift his position. But well, this, this right. kind of also goes into uh, Open Cup talk a little bit where – I was gonna say we have so we have so much talent in so many positions that you know this year I know I always say it but if we can go on an amazing open cup run and we have people healthy like this squad is perfect for it because you just look at the people we have right now and you think of who's injured and just trying to figure out who to replace where it's like well, I don't want to take any of these guys off but at the same time right. like we have just a whole nother team you know sitting on the bench that's like wow. Uh, it's it's a good position to be in. Yeah, it's, it's a hell of a problem to have, absolutely. And as you were saying, with as the yellow cards begin to accumulate and guys, you know, unfortunately going to be missing games, whether it's a knock or whether it's yellow card accumulation, you're going to have guys ready to step up and take the field and itching to take the field because they feel like they're starters. They feel like they're normally going to get in on these games. Um, and, and another thing, we're probably not going to dress two goalkeepers anymore. Uh, for these games on the bench, you know, <laughs> sorry, our condolences to Lionel Brown or Ryan Herman. You guys might be subbing out, you know, press box tickets for every other game. Oh, yeah, last game time, it was just Herman, Lionel Brown didn't yeah didn't get the the suit up. 
Well, he didn't get the suit up because you finally had Michelle back yeah, uh, yeah. on the bench. He, he didn't enter the game, which was actually interesting. And, and, and not to revisit the New York Cosmos game, but, but very quickly, um, I don't know how you guys felt, but sitting in the press box, the one thing that, that I really had to bite my tongue on and not say out loud is those substitutions came way too late. <laughs> and I don't know if I don't know if the issue was fatigue. I don't know if the issue was, you know, yes, we're dressing guys, but we really don't want to play them until after the bye week. But how the hell you don't make a change until the 89th minute when you're down 1-0 now for 30 minutes and, and Ariel Martinez isn't getting you that goal by himself? How do you not sub in somebody else? How do you not bring in Johnny Steele? How do you not bring in Michelle earlier or even Blake Smith earlier? You just you didn't you didn't do it. Yeah, I'm an Arsenal fan, so I'm just used to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was gold. That was gold. So good. We should just so stop good. here. <laughs> um, You're about to get red card. <laughs> um, yeah, you weren't the only person that had that observation, Omar. I can tell you from our end that there were some some antsy observers in our end kind of waiting for the change that would come that wouldn't come. But at the same time... It's not like they weren't getting chances. That's the thing. I'm I'm the worst. I would be an absolutely horrible manager, and it's why I try to. I I, I rarely do much in terms of the like. Oh well, Nesta should have done this or that. Um, because I know I would be terrible at it. Because I know well, I set my starting lineup, and I feel like they're playing well and they're making chances, and we've just gotten unlucky. Why am I going to change it? Um, but going back to what Drew was talking about, when you've got a squad that's so deep to get those fresh legs on. Uh, and they've got the skills, you know, why wouldn't you? It's it's, it's a tough call, but I, I do think that maybe something a little bit earlier, maybe about 10 minutes earlier even, uh, you know, might, might have been important. Just get that extra, right, get the extra spark, get the new legs on the field and, and see if they can make a difference because even the Cosmos hadn't been making changes that much up until that point. Um, so going back and revisiting to North Carolina in that first game, um, both goals came in early, really under the first 15 minutes, uh, and then the next 75 minutes were... Both teams trading chances, but really you saw a lot of North Carolina swinging balls into the box from the cross. Um, what, what's your key to the game, you guys? So we're going to go ahead and start with Matt. What, what's the key to the game this week? And please don't, don't say score more goals in North Carolina. Uh, give up. Uh, give up fewer goals. <laughs> <laughs> you just this is the thing. So I'm, I'm hosting tonight's show because it, I think. Uh, Matt here is going to be red carded uh, and, and shown the door a little bit early here. Uh, so, you know, he, he's leaving the grounds a bit here. So he's absolutely hoping that I bomb this so that everybody's just like, yeah, don't let Omar, just don't, don't let him delegate anymore. Don't let him be, you know, the carry champion of this first take show. Don't let him do that. What, you think, don't let him do that. You think I'm just like waiting in the grass here, waiting to take you out? I want to crush the saboteur that, that you're trying to take out. No, you're doing fine. Yes, I think you're on the opposite. I think you're on the opposite roof with a sniper rifle pointed up ahead. <laughs> That's what I think is going on. So my key to the game, which I think was an excellent question that you asked, Omar, and you're doing a great job. Um, uh, to me, I, I think the, the key to the game is to, main, to find and maintain the offensive aggressiveness uh, that the team has largely had for the last, you know, two games. Um, it kind of faded away maybe a little bit in the second half against the Cosmos, but it was there. It was there, and you could see it. And, and I think against North Carolina, it was there and it faded. It definitely faded in the second half. The first half, it was there, and yeah, the goal was kind of clunky and awkward and NASL-y, 
but there were other opportunities that the team the team was right. making and creating chances and then it kind of turned into a defensive struggle and both teams were trying to choke the life out of the game um, <laughs> i think miami fc's path to victory here is find your offensive tempo find your game you know do your thing and make north carolina respond to it and um, you know North Carolina had some chances in that game too, um, that, that that first game. So hopefully, I I would love to see a real kind of explosion of goals in this game, considering the first game had such a potential for that and it never really materialized. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think the key for Miami FC is, is score more goals. It's to be it's to be very offensive, to be offensively minded, and then let everything else flow from that. I'm absolutely regretting doing this, but Drew, what's the key to the game? <laughs> um, my key to the game is not a key. It's more of a dream scenario. It involves two players. One, his name is Vincenzo Renella, a numero oro, and uh, Michelle, numero 31. <laughs> Yo, they're going to lay it down. They're going to lay it down. Between them, they're going to have a goal piece. Michelle's going to have a nasty free kick. Uh, is going to do some like donkey Giroux back heel flick into the net and everybody's going to love him again. And people are going to be like, Drew, you were so right. Vincenzo Rinella is the greatest player we've ever had. And then they're going to like carry me out the stadium. Um, also I think it's going to be composure, you know, uh, I think NCFC, I hate saying that, um, I think it's going to get a little chippy, but it's going to, you know, we're going to have to keep ourselves together and not let them get the best of us, not accumulate yellows or reds. Um, yeah. Don't make it yeah. like the Jacksonville game last week. That was a bloodbath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if any yeah, of you caught that. <laughs> yes, it was just a foul fest. Yeah. There were people on their back kicking their feet up in the people's jaws. <laughs> and old, old school <laughs> NASL scrapperoo. Oh, and all of a sudden, a wrestling match broke out. Oh, god damn. Um, <laughs> with it, my god, JR's here. Um, so we have. My god. My <laughs> god. Is that Stone Cold? Stone Cold. <laughs> I could do this for days. All right. So, uh, if you guys haven't figured out, Saturday we're playing North Carolina FC. Yes, the former Carolina Railhawks, North Carolina FC, on Saturday night, April 22nd. Guys. Uh, the game kicks off at 7.30. It is Autism Awareness Month. There will be an Autism Awareness presentation. Uh, I believe there might be an Autism Awareness fundraiser, but don't quote me on it. Um, as the same, just like with every other game, it is Venezuelan Heritage Night. There will be a giveaway. It will be Miami FC Thundersticks. So if you have kids and you're bringing them to the game... Um, make sure that they leave the thunder sticks at the game so they don't annoy you on the way home or yeah. really sure you at your house is banging the thunder Yes, earplugs or that, too. That works, too. Don't, don't leave the Thunder Six at the game, I guess. Uh, Day Brigade Tailgate Party starts outside of Gate 5. There will be a full-blown tailgate party. Finally. Not 20 people sitting around with beers in their hands. Starts at 5.30. Make sure you be there early. Uh, hang out with the festivities. Uh, hopefully, the dartboard will be outside. Uh, we're not 100% sure on that. But, you know, Miami FC Brass, if you're listening, take the dartboard. Put it outside. Um and if you have craft beer garden tickets, uh, the craft beer garden opens up at 6.30. So make sure that you get in early with any craft beer garden ticket that you purchase. You do get two complimentary craft beers. Um, so make sure that if you have your tickets for craft beer, make sure you get in early. All right. It is a 21 and over section only. So keep that in mind. If you're under 21 and you're listening to this podcast, uh, go have a soda. So, and join the day brigade. 
and, and join the Day Brigade. Guys, Absolutely. as always, <laughs> you're beating me to the punch here. You're not letting me, you know, rub across the spiel, the, the spiel well, here. You're doing, guys, like, Day the whole end thing, but I was going to go on for another, like, four minutes. <laughs> what end thing? Well, it sounds like you're wrapping up, like... No, I'm not wrapping oh, up. Oh, okay. No, no, Keep going. No, 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 no. I, I, I'm not wrapping up yet. I, I'm having way too much fun right. with this, and I'm going to have too much fun against you here in a second. So, guys, with not Miami any, FC, obviously uh, the Dade Brigade. We got some shirts, right? We got group. some shirts. We, we do have shirts. We have nice, beautiful, orange, <laughs> in-your-face shirts for the 2017 No, membership. man, the podcast. Oh. Oh. Yeah, yeah this, that's right. This is you know, it's I, like, I, I guess it's like me, you, and Matt talk together like once a week. <laughs> and like we put it online, and like we made these like pieces of cotton with pictures on them that people may like. Matt, it's your shirt. Take it away. Ah. Uh, so, um, in pursuit of uh, advancing Magic City Soccer, uh, we don't do much in the way of asking our listeners to do a whole hell of a lot of anything besides listen uh, and share the word. Um, but if you are interested in a very cool uh, shirt. Something a little bit different off the beaten path of Miami FC or Day Brigade uh, stuff. And I, Lord knows I have Day Brigade shirts and Miami FC shirts uh, starting to stack up around me. But I wanted something a little bit different. Um, we have a Wear La Hood at t-shirt that is approved by the man himself, uh, Michael La Hood, um, who actually was on, um, um, on with WSFL uh, this week with uh, Dave Azer um, talking about it, talking about the cheer. Um, if you want, you can go to our Twitter feed, uh, twitter.com slash magic city soccer. Um, I'll retweet the link to the shirt. You can buy it through, uh, our, uh, my, uh, Spreadshirt account. Um, Spreadshirt does a great job printing. Uh, we mo- had a number of shirts sold, including one for Michael LaHood himself. He wanted one. Um, a portion of all the sales, any profits, I should say, any profits that I make from the shirt go back into the podcast to fund our SoundCloud Pro account. Um, we were able to get on SoundCloud Pro finally. Uh, we, we did a good chunk of sales. Thank you uh, to everyone who purchased a shirt. We do greatly appreciate it and helped us do that, but I'm still a little bit in the hole, so if you want to buy a couple more shirts, it would help out a lot. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a really great shirt. It's a good product. It's a good design. Michael Hood likes it. And it's something that's a little bit – it's not just a <laughs> soccer ball or, or something super soccer related. So uh, yeah, check it out. That's- so you should have put on, the, should have put on the back of the shirt. Mike LaHood likes it. Yeah, Mike LaHood approved. Or, or just <laughs> Mike LaHood approved. Or just um, talk is cheap, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Parentheses, machine Not, gun noises. <laughs> <laughs> just onomatopoeias everywhere. Um, Matthew Bunch is absolutely right. All the costs, or I'm sorry, all the profits of the shirt uh, do come back, uh, and and really kind of. You know, help us get our equipment to run the show. Help us get our SoundCloud Pro accounts. Hopefully, some new microphones. Hopefully, some kind of a recording studio in, in the near future, so that we can do this show as a collective, live and in person, uh, moving forward. Any monies additional to that may or may not be wasted at Playmate Strip Club. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. So, um, oh man, again, I'm a King of Diamonds guy. Says says Drew Hausman. Says Drew Hausman. Yes, you would you would be found at King of Diamonds. Goddamn right you would. All right. So guys, Day Brigade memberships are on sale for the 2017 season. Remember, it is forty dollars to join the official supporters group of the Miami FC, which is the Day Brigade. Um, with your forty 
$5 membership, you will get a fancy 2017 member t-shirt. It is a dry fit t-shirt. It's actually going to make sure that your game days aren't miserable. Yeah, it's a nice heavy, one. Heavy cotton. Um, you are going to get a game day scarf. And I don't mean you're going to get a scarf every game day. You're just going to get one <laughs> scarf that you can bring on game days. We're going to bury so you in scarves. <laughs> We're going to bury you in scarves. Thursday! In this Miami Heat. Uh, guys, you're going to get discounts uh, to, to many soccer places across the city, uh, including Soccer Locker and, and Mad About Soccer and many others. So it, this membership does indeed pay for itself just between the shirt and the uh, scarf alone once you start including uh, all the discounts you know food beverage um, etc you're going to make sure that to get more than your money back on this so make sure that you please please keep that in mind join up the day brigade say hi to acting president or I guess new president Drew Hausman yay yay huzzah yay <laughs> not, not very happy confirmation confirmation yeah, there we go, there we go. Get you back excited again. So, um, about this time, I think I'm going to show Matthew Bunch a red card. Oh, yeah, I guess it's about that time. I wasn't even looking at the clock. I have to depart That's early, which I regret. I look forward to hearing the rest of this when I'm uh, cutting this together tonight, gentlemen. Um, so okay, yeah. Get off the field. Get off the field, sir. Good luck. Godspeed. Bye. So, get, Bye. Get, get off the field. Get off the field. <laughs> jog. Jog. No, so he's red carded for simulation. <laughs> Before you go Liar. into to, to the braggadocious uh, pond crossing, I, I don't. Huh? What? I I I just wanted to promote some some lower division stuff. All right. Absolutely, go for so, it. So, um, we got the U.S. Open Cup draw coming for uh, Division Four and Open Leagues um, mm-hmm. in Miami. I think it is May 9th, The Red Force FC. Uh, is going to play the South Florida Surf. The Red Force is a uh, open division team, which is basically uh, the unofficial Division Five because that doesn't exist in the pyramid. And the uh, right. South Florida Surf is a PDL team coming out of Port St. Lucie. Uh, they will play each other at Tropical Park. I believe it's May 9th. And the winner of that will play Miami FC. The fun part about this game is, which I want all Day Brigade members to come out to, if the Red Force win, Miami FC has to play Red Force in the next round at Tropical Park. And I think that will be freaking interesting. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So what? I, I know there's a lot of speculation with regards to the draw because Miami FC ended up on the away column of the draw for the second round, which is not something necessarily that you see from, at least in the U.S. pyramid or in the U.S. draws. You don't see the higher team as the enter the draw being the away team. Um for sure, if they play the Red Force, the game will be at Tropical Park. As of now, I think the Red Force can uh, like forfeit their their homedom. Okay, but I have a feeling there's issues with FIU. Um, but okay. also because of the round draw, I think that's why uh, how the how there's no third division now. That's why uh, right. Red Force got the priority. I really want to see them play a tropical park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be it would be weird because it's like the if you, former Miami FC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Return play that tropical park. Returning to question mark sort of home, and then like <laughs> sort of home? My, my other thing too is like look at tropical park and then imagine it with three million dollars of renovations. Oh yeah, and then sit oh, with it that. would be a hotbed for soccer. No, no, listen, it would be a hotbed for soccer. And it's almost semi-surprising to see. Sometimes it really makes me wonder, 
the partnership agreement with FIU and the money that Silva's pouring into FIU and, and thinking maybe you could have done something with the county and, and the Parks and Rec team with Tropical Park. But, you know, we'll, we'll save that one for another day because yeah. guess what? That is a grass field, though. <laughs> it's not an artificial turf. That's actual grass field. And I'm assuming the cost of replacing the grass to the county probably gave them a big middle finger and said, no, 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 we're good on that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, you're absolutely right. So if they play the surf, does that mean the game's in Port St. Lucie? Um, it doesn't say, so I think that may be like reevaluated because I think we're, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think where the surf currently play isn't a USSF, uh, approved field. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but that's my assumption. Cause I know there, there's a lot of like weird requirements to it. Right. And like, sometimes they, they cancel them like last minute, but I don't think their field is approved for the open cup. Um, but then the following night is pretty interesting because that's that's May 9th. On May 10th, uh, Miami United plays Boca Raton FC. So basically, Miami United opens their season against Boca in Hialeah, plays like an away game, and then they play the Open Cup back against um, Boca in my or in Hialeah again. So um, you know, assuming we beat uh, either the Surfer Red Force and then. Uh, Either one of those other South Florida team win, teams win, uh, we should be paired up with one of the winner of that. So uh, those, well, I'm, those I'm two weird nights the, in May will be interesting. Yeah, it would be interesting. So May 9th, again, the Red Force plays South Florida Surf at Tropical Park. Uh, a lot of Miami FC fans should be interested in that because that will determine who our second round opponent is. Um, and again, in the first round on May 9th, it, the game's on May 10th, correct? The United versus Boca Raton? Yeah, next night. So Miami United take on newly formed Boca Raton Football Club. Uh, it seems to be the refugee camp for a lot of Flight 19. Um, and, and the winner Shouts of that match will end up Himarashi FC. Himarashi FC. Jesus Christ, don't get me started. Himarashi <laughs> FC. I don't, don't even want to go there. Um, so again, United will play Boca Raton FC. Uh, the winner of that do will play the Jacksonville Armada and other NASL, I guess, friendly uh, topics within the draws. The Dynamo... Carolina Dynamo will play Legacy 76, another Carolina team. The winner of that will go on to play North Carolina FC. Uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan, for the MPSL, will be playing the Michigan Bucks, not the Milwaukee Bucks, the Michigan <laughs> Bucks. The winner of that will play Indy of Levin. And the Cosmos will either play Reading United of Pennsylvania or Clarkstown Eagles. Um, and then that'll be their matchup. And of course, you know, San Francisco has some and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, moving forward. But keep in mind something. Again, Edmonton and Puerto Rico do not qualify to play in the U.S. Open Cup because they are not located in the United States. Yeah, they get their, and there's, they get their own special cups. Correct. And there's one team I'm missing. Who's the other team uh, that we did not mention? Because we mentioned five, right? Uh, no, we mentioned six. Yeah, we have the Cosmos, the Deltas. Yeah, Indy, Carolina. Okay, yeah, good. We're good to go. We're good to go. Um... So, May 9th, May 10th, circle those dates on your calendar. Those may not be match dates, but at the same time, they are important dates to keep following. Um, it, it will be interesting to see how it shakes out. I'm almost thinking if the game is not played in Port St. Lucie, if the Red Force, dis- I'm sorry, if the Surf decide to play the game higher up the road and try to move it over into Melbourne, which would be about an hour north of Port St. Lucie, purposely to keep Miami fans away from the game, 
if they are hosting, uh, or the game will have to move an hour south into Boca Raton at FAU. Uh, and the reason primarily for those two sites and, and why I pinpoint them is because FAU Stadium has hosted U.S. men's national team friendlies in the past. And very likely, Melbourne, uh, I believe, I can't remember the name of the college in Melbourne, but they were the site for Orlando City B as of last season. Yeah. So either site, I think, will probably play host if Miami FC choose to not host the second round. Yeah, I mean, the, the USSF isn't really too picky for the Open Cup, but like I know for a fact last year, I forget which site it was, it was somewhere in North Miami, but the USSF went out there and they're like, no, nah, you can't play your game here. <laughs> I think it was, it, it was Flamingo Park or something like that? Uh, I don't know, because that's, that's the one at the beach. I, I forget where it was, but I think Boca was supposed to play there, and then the USSF and the saw the field. And College or something. Yeah, like they saw the field and they're like, no, this doesn't cut it. <laughs> the fact it's real simple. It's USSF. just like, turn the lights on. Like, I, I've it's like a 16-page application. You can actually download it from the, the Open Cup website, but it's just like, pay the lights, pay the refs, make sure the grass like exists or you're not playing on gravel. And like that seems to be the only requirements, but for whatever reason, someplace in Miami didn't pass that. It, it doesn't surprise me. At the same time, it does. <laughs> and it's also very amazing to think that it's a public application that, that anybody can go online and see the actual application. Yeah. And it's not just sent out to team holders. But at the same time, as you've mentioned on Twitter previously, you know, we at Magic City Soccer were trying to cover fourth, fifth division, even women's soccer with regards to FC Surge. And we're not getting a lot of responses back. Yeah, man, it's tough. Get at me. Get at me. If you're listening this far, get at me. Yeah, it's Hausman LOL uh, on Twitter for it's ha- for obviously Drew Hausman. You can reach all of us at Magic City Soccer. Um, and before we go ahead and wrap up, Drew kind of alluded to the fact that I did want to get a little, um, I did want to get a little braggy here, but I actually don't want to brag too much. And the reason I don't want to brag is because we are seeing a hell of a relegation battle happen across the seas uh, in England. And, and the reason why I pinpoint this is, although it seems like it's only two teams in the mix and it's going to come down to Hull City or Swansea with regards to who actually will get that, you know, I guess the last relegated spot because Sunderland already relegated and Middlesbrough basically have 80% of their bodies out the door. But prior, and I, and I should have pulled up the audio, maybe I'll ask... Uh, Matt, now that we have all of our episodes, to go into that episode with Lee Eifens and pull the fact that I said Hull City would survive relegation this season. Lee Eifens' Swansea City squad is the one that's teetering on the brink here. And we're looking at it in two points separate. There are only five games left for either club here in the Premier League at this point. What what are you thinking? Do you think Hull is going to kind of pull this out and and keep me in, in the, hey, Omar can do prediction radio, right? Or do you think Lee is going to get some vindication and, and maybe some cry some tears of joy in a couple of weeks? Um, to be honest, I've just been in my own tears, man. I look forward to playing you in Europa League next year, and the Premier League is dead to me this year. <laughs> I, <laughs> it's painful to watch. I don't have the motivation to watch like the lower teams play on a Saturday because I'm just like, man... This isn't gonna end well. well you I'm know, just like, like I can't do this. First, don't don't think that your subtle jab of calling you know my Manchester United playing the Europa League. Don't think I didn't catch that. Yeah, yeah. First and foremost, oh, I'm, I'm still I'm still there, but 
top top four is, is is definitely still in play. Uh, only four points back with the game in hand on Manchester City. Uh, six points back with two games in hand on Liverpool. Um, but at the same time, don't keep in mind. Please keep in mind that Manchester United does play tomorrow. Uh, again, we're recording Wednesday night, so Manchester United does play uh, Anderlecht tomorrow, one-one uh, in the in the away leg. So you know, going into what would be what there's eight teams left, so we're going into the semifinals of the Europa League. There's a very good chance that Manchester United doesn't have to finish top four in order to uh, you know bring it home, and and then maybe my actual first prediction of the trouble actually just becomes a double. We'll win the shitty domestic cup that nobody cares about because it doesn't even have a sponsor anymore. It's not the Capital One Cup, but it used to be, and we'll win the uh, Europa League. Another EF, shitty tournament EFL that nobody cup seems to care about. Whatever the, the EFL Cup. What's going on, man? It seems like. My favorite parts of Saturdays and Sundays now are just trying to figure out whether or not Arsenal won or lost. And if they did lose, instantly just search Arsenal Fan TV. Oh, yeah. Um, unfortunately, uh, Troops was not at the loss, but magically he showed up for the uh, for the last win. The so. win? Did he go off? I didn't watch it because I, I think I don't want to see him happy. <laughs> I don't want to see. I think he's a better character when he's not happy than happy. Yeah, he he was happy. He was happy. Uh, shout, of course, he you're was happy. you were in the press box actually, but there was a kid in the Arsenal jersey. So I was like, hey, at the at the Miami FC game. So I was like, hey, what's up, man? Da da da, Arsenal Miami. So then, like halftime comes around, and I'm kind of like loitering, trying to figure out my best route to go pee and get a beer. And uh, homeboy has like a a, a Wenger out sign. <laughs> <laughs> so if you go on my Twitter, I took a picture with them, and I was like, "Yes!" I like tweeted men and blazers. I was like, "What? This is insane!" And like he brought one. Our, he was parading around with it. I was, I was, I was happy. It was hilarious. That's so fantastic because he was probably going to get a bunch of high fives from Arsenal fans and from fans of any team that's not named Arsenal. Probably getting a stink eye saying, "No, no, Wenger should stay." Um, Kartik actually, while I was in the press box, I was had tweet deck open and I noticed that Kartik was saying that throughout the country. You had people showing up to games, multiple divisions across the board, wearing Arsenal kits and holding either Wenger in or Wenger out signs. <laughs> so I, this kid and I and I tweeted back at him, and I remember saying, "No, Miami FC has its own problems right now. Like we don't really care about Arsenal." And then literally like six or seven minutes later, I looked back and I say, "Ah, crap! There is a Wenger outside <laughs> the Miami FC game." Like, ah, damn it! Here we go. He's gonna be like, "Who is this jokester? He's an idiot." Um. Again, again in, in England, Chelsea, top of the table, four points clear of Tottenham. Uh, they have about six games left to go each. So it, it what looked to be like a bank robbery gone smoothly for Chelsea. Maybe not so smoothly anymore. Tottenham nipping at the heels here. I think the interesting fight will be for fourth place. You do have, you know, even Arsenal realistically still in the mix for fourth place. Arsenal only 31 games played, seven more to go. So... You have, and even Everton as well. So you've got five teams battling for fourth place and getting, uh, you know, <laughs> getting that fourth spot and getting the Champions League qualification. Um, you know, Champions League this week, uh, Real Madrid and Bayern graced our presence with a fantastic game. So just an absolute beautiful game to watch. If you have not seen it, uh, please do so. Uh, if you're not a fan of either team, if you're a fan of Bayern, uh, you know, sorry, you got screwed by the refs big time, so it's absolutely crappy for that scenario to happen. So it looks like your draw, which will come out to, on Friday morning at 6 a.m., you're going to have Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid, hopefully we'll see a derby there, Juventus and Monaco. Um, wrapping it up there for the Champions League, French League, nobody cares about Spanish League, El Clasico mm. on Saturday. 
So if you are wanting to watch some Spanish league soccer, I believe it's Sunday, sorry, Sunday, uh, Barcelona versus Real Madrid. Barcelona coming in completely out of form, having scored a goal in forever. Uh, Real Madrid looking like world beaters like normal. So we'll see what happens. Drew, you got anything else to add? Nah, man. I got pee. All right. All right, cool. He's got he's he's got a whiz. All right, so uh, Drew Hausman at it's Hausman LOL on Twitter. That's he's got a piece, so I'm not. He's not going to say anything. No, that's right. Uh, Matthew Bunch at Matthew S Bunch on Twitter. I am Omar Mubayad at Mubayad Eleven on Twitter. Say something nice as we leave, Drew. Uh, go Miami FC and go Miami soccer. See you guys on the flip side.